Hi everybody, hope you're having a great day so far. Before you start today's episode, I just want to give you a small reminder to hit that subscribe button wherever it is that you're listening to today's podcast. And also, if you have the time, if you could feel free to leave us a review, that would help us out tremendously. Uh, There are some weird podcast algorithms that are out there. Uh, Too scientific for me to comprehend or explain, but um, it would help us out tremendously if you did that. Thanks for listening to the Northern Nerd Podcast. Hey. Welcome to another installment of the Tales from the Vault series. I've really enjoyed doing this so far. It's allowed me to look back at some of my previous writings and go through them and kind of reflect on um, where I was at at that point in my life. So a lot of those writings that I've been doing so far have come from my senior year of college or just starting out into the quote unquote real world. Um, But it's been it's been good to dip back into those and I've enjoyed sharing them with you thus far and uh, continue to in the future. Um, so today's episode is why traveling solo isn't so bad. And it's my story from a trip that I took out to California after I recently graduated from UWO Claire. And it was kind of like a graduation present to myself to take this trip out to California. I was like, if I'm, if I'm going to take this trip, I got to do it now before I start my full-time career. And it was a trip of a lifetime. And here's a story about it. say the hardest part about traveling is all the planning that goes into it. You have to take the time to compare flights, find out which one is the cheapest, but also while factoring in the quality of the flight. You might be able to find a cheap flight, but then again you might be crammed in tight with somebody that you'd rather not be mistaken for going out with. After booking your flight, you have to decide where you want to stay. Will you go the traditional route of staying in a hotel, or you go the modern route of booking an Airbnb or VRBO? The traditional route is your safest option, but may cost you some more money in the long run. Hotels and cities can add up quickly, and all of the free soap that you steal isn't going to always make the booking worth it. The Airbnb route or the VRBO route is your cheapest option in most cases, but just make sure you read the reviews on your host before you book. The last thing you want to do is wind up at some creep's house that has pictures of Jonathan Taylor Thomas scattered on their walls and listens to Marilyn Manson at full volume. Finally, after booking your flight and figuring out where it is you're going to stay, you have to plan what it is you're going to be doing while you're on vacation. With so many options at your fingertips with smartphones and apps, this task can feel overwhelming. You want to make the most of your vacation, but you also don't want to be more stressed out than a first grade teacher on the week leading up to Christmas vacation. Just commit to something. Stop analyzing, reanalyzing, and overanalyzing. You'll never book the trip if you overthink it all. Commit to a destination, find a flight, and go from there. Or maybe even you want to take a road trip. That's what I did when traveling to California, and it took me on the adventure of a lifetime. Now, I didn't get any sleep the night before my flight to San Diego. I never do when it comes to trips. I feel like the last kid to fall asleep at the slumber party as I lay on the air mattress in the living room at my friend Matt and Hannah's apartment at the time. Will I make my flight on time? What if my flight gets delayed? What if my plane crashes? These were all types of thoughts that were running through my mind as I stared up at the ceiling. What was I getting myself into? Growing up, my family went on a few family vacations throughout the years, and they weren't as wild and crazy as the Griswolds, but they were special in their own right. We traveled out to Colorado Springs one year to visit my stepmom's family and see Pikes Peak. We ventured down to Disney World in Orlando with my mom to see the house that Walt built. We visited Mount Rushmore before Nicolas Cage was there to find the treasure that was rightfully ours. We even took a trip through Canada to see Niagara Falls, and then we came back through the United States. 
And those are all trips that I'll always remember and take with me. As we grow older, our schedules become more complicated due to school, sports, and summer jobs. Less time was made available to travel together as a family, and the scrapbook stopped getting filled with pictures from faraway locations. Backsides found metal bleachers instead of backseats in the Suburban. Wrinkled dollar bills and paychecks were put into savings funds for college instead of souvenirs. Notebook paper was used for handing in assignments and not for the license plate game. This was the reality we had to come to terms with and realize the chapter in our lives was ending. That didn't mean we had to stop traveling. The travel just took a different form. Traveling alone allows you to find yourself. Now, I know what you're thinking. That's so cliche and it's probably a quote on someone's Pinterest page. And you're probably right, but bear with me here. When I tell people that I'm traveling alone, the response normally goes like this. What? Why? But there are so many things you learn about yourself while traveling alone. You learn how to problem solve without being able to rely on someone immediately. Now, for example, my train was supposed to travel from San Diego to Los Angeles, and it kept getting delayed. And the first time they told us that the delay would only be 45 minutes long. And that was manageable. I had a good book with me. I don't remember what it was at the time, but I had, I had a paperback book with me. And after that 45 minutes was up, they told us it would be another two hours. Now, I'm a pretty patient guy, but a two-hour and 45-minute delay was a bit excessive, even for me. At the one-hour mark of that second delay, they had us line up for the train that was supposed to be arriving soon. And during that time, I got to know the man ahead of me in line. We talked about everything from baseball to our families to what team we were rooting for in the Super Bowl. It was Super Bowl Sunday that weekend. And it's amazing how well you get to know people who are truly who people truly are amidst delays. Anyways, the speaker came on again. They told us that our train has been delayed indefinitely until further notice. And you'd have thought everyone was just told that eating a ton of carrots would not, in fact, give you night vision. The man had me turned to me and said, do you want to ride with me to L.A.? And going against everything my mother, father, and Rick Springfield had told me about strangers, I said, yes. Now, I want you to keep in mind that I felt I was able to get a pretty good read on this man while we were in line. He was constantly calling his wife to check in and give her updates on the train status. He shared with me photos of his family and details about what he did for a living. He seemed like a stand-up guy that I could trust with giving me, with driving me to the City of Angels. And this isn't always the case, so I encourage you to make sure you feel confident with the person if you ever happen to encounter a situation like this. Anyways, the man got me safely to LA, and he even gave me one of his umbrellas to have while I waited in the rain for my Uber. What a guy, right? And he was one of the first people I met on my journey, but he wouldn't be my last. He actually even took me like <laughs> to his apartment to, this is a side note here, but he actually like took me to his apartment where his wife was because he lived like a block away. And he's like, all right, now I'm going to show you my wife to show you like, you know, I'm, I'm a person you can trust. And she even made like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for the both of us and gave us some like chips and a water. <laughs> and I think like the first like real trusting moment that we had was we stopped at a gas station because he had to fill up uh, before we left to make this journey from San Diego to LA. And uh, we stopped at this gas station. I had to use the bathroom real quick. And all I had in my pockets at the time was like my cell phone and my wallet. And that was it. And so he could have he left. He could have taken off. But when I came out from the bathroom, the car was still there. Like, all right, the, the trust was established. But anyways, back to the story. So during my time in California, I decided to treat myself to a day at Disneyland. Yes, a 23-year-old man can still have fun at Disneyland. And they say it never rains in California, but that's a lie because it rained every day that I was there. Well, if you're traveling solo, this can actually work to your advantage while at the place where dreams come true. 
The lines were practically non-existent due to the on and off rain, and the fact that it was a Monday certainly didn't hurt either. The longest I waited in line was roughly 20 minutes, and that was for the epic Peter Pan ride called Peter Pan's Flight. The rail-suspended ride takes you over the city of London and weaves you over Neverland as you dangle in the air on your imaginary pirate ship. It was pretty freaking awesome. While I was waiting in line with my hands shoved in my pockets, a group of three women from Idaho were ahead of me. They were playing the scavenger hunt game, and I decided I would try to help out. We slowly started to get to know each other, and once they found out I came to Disneyland alone, they invited me to join their group. I was hesitant at first because I had the unique gift of being a single rider all day, which, more often than not, would get me to the front of the line faster. And this gift was one that all parents at the park envied. I honestly heard a mother say, I'm going to need to check into a psych ward after this, <laughs> while I was eating my lunch. I was sitting on this little park bench eating a sandwich that I bought that was probably way overpriced, but I was hungry, and uh, people watching is always very fun. But I wasn't worried about making it around to all the rides. I planned to spend eight hours at Disneyland that day, and whatever I got to was what I got to. They welcomed me in wholeheartedly like I was a lost sheep wandering around a rainy Disneyland looking for my shepherds. They let me use their fast pass on more than a couple of occasions, and I felt like I was part of a heist. And it doesn't take me a lot to get... It doesn't take a lot for me to get going, people. They were pros at, as it was not their first time at Disneyland, and I was glad they took me under their wing. They're, if I remember correctly, they were actually part of like this traveling theater group, and they made it a point to stop at Disneyland whenever they were kind of in the area. So I believe it was, it was like these two moms, and then one of their nieces was part of the group. Um, so they're, pre they're a pretty fun group to hang out with. They were very big Disney nerds like myself, and uh, it was a great time. There were also quite other few people that I came into contact with on my journey. There was Kyle, who was heading to San Diego to pick up a friend from the Navy base to drive him and his car back to Chicago. There was Angel at the Santa Fe uh, Depot, who flips classic cars for a living now that he's retired. And Dave, who drove me from the train station to L.A. Chang, the Uber driver, who convinced me that I was a Virgo and Leo all while on the way to Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. Um... <laughs> that was an experience at Roscoe's Chicken Waffles. I was, I just got to my Airbnb in Hollywood, and I was like, "All right, well, what's what's a place I got to try while I'm here?" Kind of thing. And I was looking up things nearby me, and took this short ride to Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. And when I got there, like how many? I just said one, and uh, <laughs> they seat me almost immediately. There was a bunch of people waiting. Um, you know, most people travel in groups of two, three. Uh, for, but I was, yeah, I was just there by myself. So they, they like took me into this back corner of the restaurant and they just had a table facing the wall and a chair that was facing the wall. So I sat and ate my, um, chicken and waffles while just looking at this wall, not out at the people. Um, that was a very interesting experience. It was, it was good food, but, uh, I don't know if I'd recommend eating there alone. Um, again, but again, back to the story. Sorry for the side tangents. But so there was James, Isabella, Wesley, Victor, and I could go on and on. Although I may have been traveling alone on this journey, I never felt completely alone. All of these people touched my life in one way or another, and I hope I did the same for them. This trip to California was a goodbye to my childhood. So as I mentioned previously, I recently graduated from UW Eau Claire in December and just completed my student teaching towards the end of January. And it was now time for me to be an adult. I had to make adult decisions. I had to start applying for jobs, looking for places to rent, saving for my future. And it's finally time that I learned how to cook more than just breakfast, food, and pizza. And there's no way that Dr. Seuss's All oh, the Places You'll Go could have prepared me for this step into the, again, quote unquote, 
real world. But yes, it actually could. I've been preparing for this adulthood thing for a while. It's not something that you can stand up on a person one day and say, you're an adult now. You know everything you need to know. It doesn't happen all in one day. It's a growth process. And at 26-year-olds, old now, looking back at what I wrote as a 23-year-old, I'm still learning day by day. So little by little, it starts to come together. You travel to different places. You start talking to people that are older than you and begin to seek their wisdom. You try to make new foods just to say that you could. You read more often than you did before and begin to take on different views of the world. You form your own opinions, not just ones that you've become accustomed to hearing down at the coffee shop or at the bar. You take chances and begin to lead with your gut more. You'll find that traveling solo has shaped you into the person that you are and are becoming. And you won't get mad at yourself for crying to Ellen John's rocket man as your plane lands back home because now you've got to tackle this thing everyone has been calling the real world. You're ready. So there's my story of why traveling solo isn't so bad. And I hope you're able to go on many adventures both with people and you know, by yourself, because I think that's important as well, um, just for, for time for that pause and reflection. And I hope you enjoyed listening to this edition of Tales from the Vault. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to the latest episode of the Northern Nerd Podcast. Feel free to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and subscribe to us on Apple Music and Spotify Music so you know when our latest episode of the Northern Nerd Podcast is coming out. That about does it for us, so continue to be kind to one another, and we'll see you around town.